Promotional consideration paid for by the following. At Fly US, your business is important to us. That's why we treat you like shit. We know you have a choice when choosing an airline. Awful, dreadful, or terrible. And we promise you, we're striving to be awful. Fly US. Sit back, relax, and shut up. Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. It's episode 370, and I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and oh, baby, I'm pumped for the show, because with me, as always, it's the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the beastmaster, Third Shift. It's Eric, and he's here to tell us how his week was. Hey, 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 Eric. What? How was your week this week? Hey, I went camping, Matt. I went out to the old wilderness. I went out to... A nice uh, outdoor area full of trees and stuff. We did our last camping trip of the year. It was also the Halloween event. Had a ton of fun. Brought some friends up with us. So they got to stay. We got to stay. The kids got to do all sorts of trick-or-treating and, and hay rides, parades, you name it. They did it all. Had a good time. Had some campfires, too, and it was nice and cold and crispy at night. So it was like the real campfire. The campfire where you're actually around the fire to keep warm and to keep, you know, your your body from freezing to death and dying. It was great. I loved it. Had a great time. I do have to interject. I got I got to ask. Am I not dead anymore? Am I alive? Did I make it out of that grave? You did. You made it out. It's gone. I'm amazing. The grave is gone. I don't know, man. They retired it. You made it back out and I guess you're just not dead no more. Yes. Sad. I don't know how you did it, man. You got magic. You got some magic in you. You you made it. So, yes, and those were there, by the way. They were, but yours was not, so I didn't text you because I was like, oh, man, Matt's, he, he's gone. Yeah, well, the whole thing's over. We did get pictures with the kids in the different graveyards and all sorts of other fun stuff because they did a great job. They had the whole place decorated up real good. It was looking nice, looking spooky, all the good and right things. But, of course, what that means is I didn't get to play a lot of video games. However, when I got back, I said, you know what, i got to boot something up. i got to get I got to get back in this, right? So I put Sea of Stars in. I remembered I was right at a boss that I'd went into and he'd beat me. And then I turned it off because it was late and I had to go to bed. Went in there, was like, ah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to respect or redo anything. I'll just go give it a shot again. I smoked him. So I'm like, ah, I must have just been tired. And that's all it was. You know, one of those end of the night things. And you're like, ah, what's he doing? Whatever. Anywho's got through that. And, of course, got the spark back. You know, I got the spark back for a minute. So I started going doing a bunch of other stuff and this and that. And then they're like, oh, you got to travel to this island way over here. And then it was one of those, oh, but you got to get through this little mini dungeon to the next thing to the next thing. And I started to and started to. And then as I told Matt off air, I was like, man, a lot of steps here, a lot of steps. And I'm not in the mood for that right now. I'm, I'm going to go and put it down. So I put that down. And then I started trying to find other stuff to get into. And as I told Matt again off air, like Evernights, I was on this really hard section, beat me up, so I turned it off. I was like, all right, not now, not now. And the same for uh, some other titles, et cetera, and Liza P and this and that. And I was like, dang it. None of these things are just allowing me to like stream through and really get that good feel vibe. So I went back to the trusty old anime, man. I did it. Now, what's different is I won't talk about like the fall season stuff, which is starting to come out and some of them are good, some are whatever. I'll talk about the big one. Is everybody, the, all the dorks that love the anime, One Piece, man. That's, they all say One Piece. You got to watch One Piece. It's One Piece. 
And I've never been on board with that. I'm like, I don't know, man. It seems all kooky. It's like that Juju, uh, what's not? What's that other one? JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. It's got like a weird, unique style to it. And I've never really liked those. I, I like your typical anime, you know, that just looks like typical Japanese anime. But I said, you know what? I can't be part of the club unless I at least get on board with one of the mainstream anime that everybody's watched. Bleach, Fairy Tale, One Piece. By the way, I've watched Fairy Tale. But anyways, I started. I'm on like episode 11 or 12 now, and I love it. It's great. It's outstanding. It's fun. It's goofy. It's ridiculous. Luffy, the main character, is just so cool. He doesn't care about anything. He's just all about getting a cool crew together and taking everything over. I watched it a lot, like way back in my torrent days, you know, mm-hmm. when it first first was actually airing. They were doing all the fan subs of it. I got like a couple hundred episodes in. It was just like candy just eating candy just uh-huh. constantly and i think at one point i had to fall off because it was just like too much was going on it was like it was like another big arc of emotions and, and hype fights and sadness at the end and i was just like oh, i can't i can't do it and now it's like ten thousand more episodes uh-huh. down the road but just like you're talking about i i watched the the netflix one which i liked and oh look the whole anime is on netflix also so every time I'm sitting here and I have – it doesn't happen often, but I'll pull Netflix up because I'm like, I, I should watch something. It's always front and center. One Piece is here. And I'm like, yeah, I should do that. I should. I want to cry some manly tears when this thing – when things happen. But I don't – I can't – I can't do it, but it is so good. It's so good. Yeah. Already I'm invested. I love it. And it's so exciting too because it's that great feeling because I've got a bajillion episodes. There's – there is no end in sight. Yeah. So there's it's this moment where I'm like, I can just turn the anime button on and it never turns off. It'll never turn off. It doesn't have to turn off because it just goes on and on forever. I'm so many years behind. It's ridiculous. So it feels great. It feels good. It's worrisome, though, because I'm already in five games that I need to beat. And we got about four more coming in the next two to four weeks. And I'm like, Eric, you can't get invested. And just start shirking your duties at playing video games and get into One Piece every night just watching over and over episode, episode, episode. So, God, it's a tough, it is a tough world. It's a tough world. It's so stressful. You know, everything's really hard for me. But it's going to be worth it when that when that blurry video background goes away and I see the Straw Hats pirate flag hung up behind you instead. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, yes. And I'll go, okay, I have to get into it too. And then I'll have my Straw Hats Pirates flag, like even bigger, like on this giant banner here to take up my whole space. Oh boy, it's going to be good. Yeah. We'll be full on board. We'll cosplay it. We'll go to uh, Yumicon and be all nuts. And we won't even be talking about all the other stuff we used to like. It'll be, it'll be a whole thing. It'll be great. So that's been my week in a nutshell. What about you, buddy? I got tales. I got stories and I got tales. So sit back and kick back, folks. But I will start off with one I don't have too much to say about. Eric likes to go and hang out in the woods and look at trees and like build a fire and do this rustic stuff. I'm a man of culture. I go to the ballet, ladies and gentlemen. I went to World Ballet Series. They had a production of Cinderella at the Wharton Center. And I got to say, regardless of what anybody thinks about it, it's awesome because it's really talented people on a stage doing really awesome stuff. Absolutely loved the show. It was fun. It was funny. Just like the the stepmother and the stepsisters. You have to physically emote because there's no dialogue. It's just motions. They were over the top. They're ridiculous. The whole crowd was loving it. And then I got to say, too, Wharton Center is great. It's a great venue. But it's not like 
when you think of like a ballet hall or something, you think of like big fancy, you know, everything's ornate and beautiful. And they did that with just the backdrops. You know, you, you could tell there was like different layers of backdrop, but it really created this illusion that you were in this grand cathedral for like the ball scene. And it was kind of European version of it. So like the fairy godmother takes her out to the woods and it's like this field of flowers, essentially, when she's doing the transformation. And when the curtain came up on this field of flowers, it was the brightest, most colorful thing I've ever seen in my life. I sat there and went, holy cow. And then I don't do this a lot, but I said in my head, you need to remember how this feels, like how this looks and this feeling you have right now. And so I do still feel it right now. It was just beautiful. And it felt like you were just awash in this, this beautiful field of flowers and colors. It was great. It was wonderful. It was an awesome show, a great time. Now, before that, on Saturday, I went to see To Kill a Mockingbird, also at the Warren Center, and I got four things to say about this one. Four things. One, it was amazing. It was great. Great performances, great acting, just a gr- I mean, great story, great version of the story. Really good. Re- like Drew you in. It's got everybody invested. Awesome. Second thing to say, I go to shows all the time. I go to concerts. I go to everything. I have never heard... More people cough in the space of like two and a half hours than I did during this. Felt like it was every five seconds, every 10 seconds. <laughs> Drove me absolutely bonkers. Now, granted, you know, it's, it's weather changing season. Maybe literally everyone in the audience has a cold. It's an older property. Maybe it's all old people and they're all old and sickly. I don't know. Everybody's getting COVID again. That's apparently a thing now. Maybe everybody in the audience had COVID, but it was just driving me bonkers. I was just like clenching my fists. I'm like, this is amazing. And I'm getting sucked in. And then, <laughs> I hate that. Oh, oh, oh. Even like the ballet, which is silent except for music. I only heard like two coughs the whole time. This play, a thousand million coughs. I don't know what's going on with it. Who knows? Third thing, which I want to forget, but I don't want to forget it. This is the first time ever at the Wharton Center any level of play I've ever seen in my whole life, whether it's Wharton Center plays, you know, big theater, Passant Theater, whether it's MSU Department of Theater stuff. This is the only time I've ever seen an actor blow a line, blow it again, and then like blow it so hard that she starts to almost laugh and another person on the stage has to help her out with it. It happened in the first like five minutes and my heart sunk and I went, oh Jesus, what the... Is this what we're in for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was one of those performances where you hear about it and you don't think about it. You f- open the program, it says, oh, tonight the part will be played by this person and this part will be played by that person. Like, oh, it's understudy night, you know, somebody got sick or whatever. And I've never, th- you see it and you go, oh, no, because the trope is that, oh, they're a lot worse. But they've always been good. Mm-hmm. This is the one time. Here's my my brother, whatever the character's name is, who goes by, Here's my brother who goes by, uh, and I just went, oh, Jesus. Oh, no. And I want to forget it because the rest of it was fantastic. And she even recovered right after that and was perfect the whole rest of the show. But I also don't want to forget it because it's such a stark, weird, humorous memory. I don't know. So I don't know what to think about that one. But then the fourth thing to say about the show is reiterating the first one. It was awesome. It was fantastic. It was great. It's a great, I mean, it is a great story overall. We've all read it in middle school or high school or whatever. We've all seen the black and white version, but this kind of like revival of it, it was just 
great. So if it's coming to your town, go see it. It was awesome. Speaking of awesome, going into the video game front, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Encore. I won't talk too much about it, but it's just a blast. It's fun. It's anime to the nth degree. The battles are so much fun. Okay, I got to talk about it just for a second because I don't think we've said it on the show except for when we first talked about it as a release however many years ago. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the press turn battle system, like Persona-style battle system. You got elements, things are weak to it. You hit them with an element, instead of getting like one more attack for you or a baton pass or something, other characters immediately follow up with other attacks, with their session skills. So if you hit them with like a blade attack, you hit them with your sword, this other character who's got blade slash lance will then hit with a lance attack. And then if there's another character that has lance slash whatever, they'll follow up with that. And then you get these other skills, which allow that to transfer and like continue on as you're killing enemies. It'll boop and boop and boop and hop from one to the other. It's so good. It's so much fun. And especially because like with baton pass, you use baton pass, you go to Makoto or whoever that uses their turn Yeah. here that happens automatically. And then they still get their turn. So as you're doing these combats, you can get three attacks in a row, go to the next character, three attacks in a row, go to the next character, three attacks in a row. And if they're using spells that doesn't use their MP, mwah, chef's kiss. It's so much fun. It's so good. But then the last one. And here's where the story is. I told Eric there was a, there was a big story and a great story and a fun story. I was bursting to tell him off air. Starfield. I got back into it over the weekend. I spent half my time doing outpost stuff because I'm crazy and I got to scratch that itch. But I said, okay, outpost, you're done for now. I'm going to go do some side quests, some story quests. And I won't go into spoilers, but if you go to Neon, there's a side quest you can pick up. There's two gangs, street gangs, the Strikers and I think the Demons. And the Demons are like the, the young punks who just want to burn the world down. And the Strikers are like that old school gang. Like, hey, we, you know, we do bad stuff, but we, we have morals and we have respect. So there's a side quest to join the Strikers. And I went, okay. So my very moral companion, you stay here. Come on, adoring fan who loves whatever I do. Let's go join this street gang. Cool. Very first mission. Hey, the Demons stole our data pad, our data slate. It's in this warehouse. We need you to go get it back as your initiation. Cool. I'm going to go into the warehouse. I'm going to shoot a bunch of dudes. I'm going to get it back. I'm going to loot their bodies and get all the stuff. He goes, by the way, no bodies. Ideally, I'd like them to not even know you were there, which I can't do. I can't stealth. There's no, I have no points in stealth. Impossible. But no bodies. Just don't kill anybody. We don't need people to die over this data. We need it back, but no bodies. And I said, okay, because there's damage types in Starfield. There's physical damage, there's energy damage, then there's electromagnetic damage. I've got a couple of these guns, and I've been giving them to my friends, my companions, because they're members of Constellation, an explorer's group. It makes sense. They shouldn't just be shooting everybody. My character, sure, she can shoot with, you know, a rifle. She's just a, she's a space scoundrel as her background. It's fine. But I went, perfect. Here's a chance for me to use these EM weapons. Put an EM weapon on. Go into the warehouse. I get within like 500 feet of a dude. My stealth is so bad. He goes, oh, what's over there? Ha! Boom, 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 boom. I get, pull out my EM gun. Zap. Everybody falls down unconscious. Run up, grab the data slate. The other thing I notice, because they're unconscious, I can't take all their loot off their body. It just doesn't work that way. I go, aha. This is cool. Bring the data slate back. Hand it to the guy. He goes, wow. Awesome job. I also noticed you didn't kill anybody. You're the best. And I went, indeed, I am the best. I'm going to keep this EM weapon on forever from now on. I'm going to turn it in 
to cyberpunk. Like I always say, I made my gun non-lethal. I'm the Batman of this universe. It's going to be great. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to kill anybody ever again. Sweet. Two or three missions in. It's the final mission for these guys. All right. We're going to take it to the demons. We're going to raid their big warehouse. But what we need you to do is go clean up the streets. There's three packs of demons out there. We need you to get rid of them. Please don't kill any innocent bystanders, but do what you got to do. And I went, never fear, friend. I, with my EM gun, I'm going to take it to the streets. I'm going to incapacitate all these MFs, and then we're going to go raid the warehouse. Run up on the first crew. The demon guy goes, hey, I'm engaging you in conversation. You're one of them strikers, aren't you? <laughs> what a bunch of chumps. Oh, he's talking to me. I'm going to persuade this guy to go the F home and stop being a demon. I do it with flying colors. Oh, perfect. Beautiful. Go to the next group. They're over here on the west side of the map. Go over there. They're immediately shooting at me. That's fine. Six people down on the ground, stunned. Hang on a second, though. Why are the objective markers still over every one of them? That's fine. Once I go stun all the rest of them from group three, it'll go away. I'll be able to move on. Go to group three. Hey, I'm engaging you in conversation. This is the point, like as in most of these RPGs, I'm going to tell you, hey, if you go betray your friends and kill them, you can be a demon and we'll give you a whole dump truck full of credits. Haha, <laughs> no way, buddy. All right, we're going to fight. Okay. They're all stunned on the ground. But the objective marker is still over every single one of them. Because you have to kill them. Yeah, you gotta get that knife out, man. So, in trying to be Batman, in canon, in storyline, my character went from a lady who got in occasional firefights and shot dudes with a rifle to someone who takes an electromagnetic weapon, stuns everybody so that she can walk up on them as they're laying on their back, helpless, paralyzed, on the sidewalk, paralyzed, pull out a pistol and shoot them execution style straight in the f***ing face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look what, look what happened to you. And because they're alive, they do a death scream as you do it. So I walk up and I point down and I go, oh, this isn't right. And all this stuff flies out. There's blood everywhere. I had to do that 12 times. It, now, it doesn't matter, because it's a game. It, who cares? But I have never felt so sick to my stomach in a game. Because of this... It, it felt gross. I was trying to be nice and be good. Mm-hmm. But instead, I had to execute 12 helpless people. You were even worse. Yeah. And I thought, how else could I have done it? How else could I have killed them? Well, I could take them and like, drop them off the side of this giant building where they'd fall in the water, paralyzed, and drown and die. Is that better? It's, I think that's even worse. So I went, okay, that's... Mm, okay. But we're going to raid the warehouse now. It's going to go back to... I can stun people and, and, and do it again. No, I had to do it in the warehouse too. I tried to be nice, but it won't let me. It makes me 10,000 times worse. I'm a disgusting torturer and executioner now. Should have dragged them onto a pile and set them on fire. I was supposed <laughs> to be Batman. And then she turned out to be the Joker. I'm the worst human being imaginable. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. So I, 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 I don't know. I think that's just fate trying to tell you something, man. You're not the good guy, all right? You ain't the good guy. I'm just telling you. 
But that's the story. That was my week. That was Starfield just <laughs> destroying my heart, wrecking my my hopes and dreams. But it was it was a beautiful moment too cuz what other game let that happen? Whatever what other game have I felt that bad about just shooting bad guys? Cuz they're bad guys. I you know, I didn't I did nothing wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. It's fine. Once you get to Boulder's Gate, you might feel this way again. Because stuff happens, and sometimes <laughs> unexpected things happen. So you might get that feeling again if you ever make it to that particular game. Maybe. But other than that, I don't know, man. That's pretty much it, I think. So you definitely get to have those good feelings. You know, I would have slit their throats. I would have just took a knife out. And... and I think, you know, based on later stuff, I think if I had done that, they would have probably would have gotten up. Because as soon as you damage them, they can like wake up and come ah, okay. alive. And then you could fight them properly. So if I had gone like hack, they would have gone, hey, wait a minute. And I'm like, okay, it's back to combat scenario. But the pistol I have is so good. You know, you could have dead. One shot, one kill. And it's just while I try and recover from that moral quandary. Let me tell you, this week for a release, I told Matt, I said, I got two titles. I didn't remember which one I even picked. And apparently I picked Honkai Star Rail for the PlayStation 5. Now, we've talked about this game previously a long time ago, and then as it came to the awareness of us that was coming to PS5, we talked about it even again. And we said, we're going to play this game. It looks it actually looks great. Super anime style. It's gorgeous. It's all get out. And it's coming to PS5 now, so this is a win-win for us. we got to do this. Well, it came out, Matt. It's out. It's out. You can play it right now. You can go get it. And if you don't know what it is, briefly, it's a traditional Japanese RPG-style game, but it's from uh, Mohyoverse, so it's got that gotcha system, and it's also... It's it's like a futuristic, crazy game in which you wake up, and you're like... You have this entity inside of you, and apparently these, these things are actually bad because for the rest of the game, you're going around to different planets because, yes, folks, you're traveling on a solar train, a stellar train all over the universe. Like a star rail? Maybe like a star rail. Yeah, yeah maybe like that. And, of course, you meet this gang along the way, which are, you know, obviously the owners of said star rail, and you go on adventures. And you're going to go, they're stellarons. They're called stellarons, and you've got this inside of you, which is kind of weird, and I don't really know the story. Why don't they just kill you? Because you're actually one of the things that's inside of you. But anywho's, I guess you use it for good and you go on this adventure to kill the other ones on these different planets that are actually jacking things up and doing bad things. You make friends along the way. And like I said, it's a turn-based style JRPG. So that's why me and Matt were like, oh, this sounds instantly great and fun because we love JRPGs. And it's gorgeous, as I already told you. Music's popping. It's from the folks who made Genshin Impact, which we know is awesome, beloved by all. It does have the gotcha system where you can, you know, buy all sorts of upgrades and you want to go ahead and grind and grind and grind to get different things and stuff. But as per usual with, you know, Moyo, you don't have to. You know, you can just play it and it's it's a regular game at its core. But if you want some of the cooler, rare, weirder things, then yes, you got to take part in the system. But naturally, as you progress, you'll get these points, which allow you to level up and which allows you to also get stuff in said system. So it's a win-win. Me and Matt talked about it already before this. I just wanted to bring it up because we said we were going to play it. And uh, I said, Matt, are you ready? And he said, no. He's he's going to bail on me, guys and gals. He's going to bail. Now, I need to fill you in, the listeners, although you already know because you've heard me talk about it. I already told Eric this off-air. I'm already embroiled in an anime turn-based 
JRPG right now. So to do another one, you know, listeners, I can't play two of the same game at the same time because I need to I need to bounce between as as I fill my niche. But I got a question for you, Eric, and maybe you don't know yet because I was going to download this to see, mm-hmm. and I haven't downloaded it yet. Is <laughs> I played Genshin Impact, and I had to fall off because there were too many goddamn menus. There were eighteen thousand menus. Like I got a sword and I wanted to put the sword on. I had to go through four levels of menu. Are the menus this bad in Honkai Star Rail? Please, God, tell me that you know, and the answer is no. I do not know. No! I do not know how bad the menus are. I would say, Matt, it's probably not going to be great. That's what I would imagine. I would imagine it's going to be very similar to Genshin Impact, in fact, in the menu system and and the skills and all the other you know setups you're going to have. But I don't know for sure. So who knows? You know, we got it. That's why you got to download it. And I got to download it. And then we just got to give it a shot. And then maybe we're going to love it and it's going to be great. And we're going to have this cool title that we play. And then we're going to not play Animal Week 2. We're not going to play Super Mario Wonder. We're not going to play Persona Tactica. We're not going to play uh, Fires of Rubicon. We're not going to play Soul Hackers 2. You remember that game I was playing Soul Hackers 2, <laughs> Matt? You remember that? <laughs> I'm, I am still going to download it. So after I'm done recording this and editing this, I am going to turn the PS5 on. I'm going to blow the dust off it. And I'm going to download it if I have space to do so. Because so, I do want to check it out. Because as we've said, all the previews and everything, it looks incredible. Like like the most anime of your dreams until that next one comes out. Yeah, that next one. I don't remember what it's called right now. This is Ross's verse, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't remember. But it looks so good. And I've heard so much good stuff about it. I can't wait to play it. Yeah, very excited. I just wanted to make sure everybody remembered this title and know that if you're at the PS5 and wanted to check it out, go check out freaking Honkai Star Rail because it does look gorgeous. And if you want this huge JRPG to play with all sorts of options at your fingertips, and of course with all these folks playing it, you'll be you know at the center of the hubbub, be able to you know go to school, go to work, wherever it is you're going, and talk about it. Assuming you have people that are cool, unlike us, you know that might be an option for you. And I just recommend taking it. And if you're like me, and you can't play two of the same game at the same time, so you need something to bounce off of and into when you're playing Honkai Star Rail, let me tell you about Lords of the Fallen, which came out on the 13th, or will come out on the 13th. It's not even the 13th now as we're recording this. Developed by Hexworks, published by CI Games for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series consoles only, so an actual, honest-to-God, current-gen game. This is a follow-up slash soft reboot slash reboot quill to the original, The Lords of the Fallen, or maybe it was just Lords of the Fallen also. I can't remember. But this game takes place like a thousand years afterwards. An evil god has been imprisoned for a long time. He's busted out now. It's your job to go and put him back down. You got to go all around this giant big world. You got to open or access five different totems or whatever to then access the thing and do the stuff. Look, it's a Souls game. You got to go beat the big, bad, destructive, evil thing. That's that's just what you're going to do. But let me tell you, I've watched a lot of reviews. If you're a Souls fan, you're probably going to love this. If you're not a Souls fan, this has a few interesting hooks to get you through all that Souls suffering that you might be doing. Now, I've heard various things, you know, on the combat. Some Souls people like it. Some Souls people don't. Difficulty, some people like. Some people don't. It's a Souls game. You're going to do Souls stuff. That's It's a base. That's what everybody talks about for half their review. I'm going to stop talking about it here. But the main identifier from this is you have a lantern. I think it's called the Umbral Lantern. And with it, you can raise it up. And then this little area around you, it'll change to the land of the dead. 
so you can see from the land of the living into the land of the dead where things may or may not be very different. There may be enemies waiting to sneak attack you. There may be, if you're looking at a bottomless pit in the land of the living, you raise up that lantern. Oh, in the land of the dead, there's a beautiful little bridge to cross. Oh, if you're looking at a sheer wall in the land of the living, raise that lantern. In the land of the dead, there's there's a ladder. You can climb it up. And everybody in the reviews is going, this is the game changer, the biggest thing I've ever seen. And they show those two examples. And I'm like, that's the biggest thing? That's not the biggest thing, because the land of the dead has all kinds of different ways to go about it. Because you go into the land of the dead, they have just enemies around, as you expect. You have certain enemies that can pull you out of the land of the living and into the land of the dead. And then you have certain things that they're like these little eyeballs on stalks, kind of. Where if you're in the land of the living, you're fighting some enemies. You're in Axiom, is what it's called. It's a weird name for a world, so that's why I was just saying land of the living and Umbral is the land of the dead. But if you're fighting an enemy and they've got a weird shield, raise that lantern up, go find that eyeball. That's the thing giving you the shield. So not only do you have, there's a ladder here, there's a bridge there, you have things that interact and can pull you from one to the other. But the thing that I think is the coolest bit about going into Umbral is when you die, you're going to die. It's a Souls game. If you die in the land of the living, instead of just, oh, you're dead, respawn at the checkpoint, run back to your body, get your stuff. You go into Umbral, whoosh, and now you have to find your way back to Axiom. And as you're doing it, the longer you're in there, more and more enemies are going to start coming at you. Like, it's going to start off just regular. Okay, it's the regular enemies. But after a couple minutes, oh, more enemies are spawning in. More enemies are popping in. More enemies are coming in. Now, a big enemy is coming at you. There's a hunter coming at you. And you can't heal as much. And your health is actually in half or is reduced anyway. So you want to stay in there to some degree because you get more money, you get more runes or vigor, as they're called here, you get more resources in Umbral, but the longer you're there, the more dangerous it is for you. And especially if you can't get back to your body in time, then all that stuff you've accumulated is lost. But I just love that ticking clock mechanic, where you're going to want to get in there, especially in situations where, okay, you died at a boss, come back to the checkpoint. Oh, it's a long ways away. But if I go into Umbral, there's less enemies here, so I can duck and dodge and weave. But if it takes you too long, then more enemies are going to be there. So it's kind of, it's risk-reward, and it's beautiful. And another bit of that risk-reward system, I just said it, distance between checkpoints. If you look into Umbral with your little lantern, whoop, you can find some areas of soft ground. You have these vestige seeds. If you keep dying between these two checkpoints, ah, but there's an area that I can plant a vestige seed that acts as a man-made checkpoint. You made your own checkpoint right there. The only problem is you got to clear that area of enemies before you can plant it. So you can't just run and plant. you got to work and work and work until you get to the spot, clear it out, boom. Now you can start over from there. Now if you go further and die, you can run back to that vestige seed, and there's your respawn point. So there's a couple cool spins on the Souls formula. I've heard the bosses are actually a lot easier than most Souls games, so you're not going to be trying this boss for like three days in a row. But the other downsides I've heard are... Right now, there's a ton of performance issues, mainly on PC, but I've also heard it on consoles, and I've heard the enemy variety is not that great. You're going to see a bunch of the same knights and zombies and wolves, and, and you'll see them later in the game. They'll have more hit points. You're going to see bosses coming back as elite enemies later on. But if you just want a beautiful world, I mean a beautiful destroyed wrecked world to explore, because this is an Unreal Engine 5 game, it's a current-gen console game, the graphics are great. The transitions between real world and the land of the dead, especially when you just raise your lantern up and like all the little creepy crawlies come crawling out of the mist, they look great. 
The music's great. I've heard the combat. Like I said, some people love it, some people hate it, but it looks more fluid than the old school Dark Souls games. If you like a big interconnected world with all the different shortcuts and all that stuff, check out Lords of the Fallen. You know, if it's something for you, definitely get it. If it just tickles those interests, maybe check it out on a sale, but there's enough of this one that I keep stroking my beard, even though I I fell off of that first Dark Souls remastered, and they're like, oh, it's kind of like that, but even more so. But the the Land of the Dead thing, you know, Guacamelee style or uh, Soul Reaver style, that's the other thing everybody keeps comparing it to. All these different little tweaks on the formula. If you like the formula, it's still there for you. But if you want some tweaks, Lords of the Fallen has the tweaks. So check it out if you're interested. Mm, While you're getting them tweaks, maybe go get a tweet. You know what I'm saying? The Verge posted up a big article, Matt, all right? Talking about as soon as tomorrow, October 13th, the Activision Blizzard deal with, of course, Xbox, Microsoft will be done, will be sealed. And everyone's getting pumped up. Everyone's like, all right, so where's Diablo 4? Where's the newest Modern Warfare? Activision Blizzard came out and said, and I'll just quote it because it's a tweet. It's not too bad. It's awesome to see anticipation building for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. As we continue to work toward regulatory approval of the Microsoft deal, we've been getting some questions whether our upcoming and recently launched games will be available via the Game Pass. While we do not have plans to put Modern Warfare 3 or Diablo 4 into Game Pass this year, once the deal closes, we expect to start working with Xbox to bring our titles to more players around the world. And we anticipate that we would begin adding games into Game Pass sometime in the course of next year. So this got everybody going up. Everyone's like, well, what the, what the hell? Bethesda, they had immediately had to do this and that, this and that, this and that. And then, of course, rumors and sources from all over start coming together. And in a nutshell, it's sounding like Activision Blizzard just posted this because they're cray-cray. Uh, and that it's true, though, that Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 and Diablo 4 will not be coming immediately. But once the deal's done, a lot of old titles that they've previously held and had, etc., will actually be coming fairly quickly to the platform. This is not, you know, for sure, but like I said, it's all over the place. Everyone's talking about it, and we discussed it for a minute off air, and it makes complete sense. Once Microsoft takes over, you're going to do what they tell you to do because they own you. You don't have a choice. You'll do what you're told. They will look at it. They're not going to be an idiot, and it's things that could possibly get them a lot more money and be like, you know, they'll wait on those to look at the numbers and see what's going to be most benefit them. But the old stuff, that's a no-brainer, no duh. You're going to see that immediately come because it's that's only going to enhance Game Pass and get more people on board while not hurting the bottom line. You know, obviously you could get some extra money out of those, especially Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3, which isn't even out yet, I don't think. You know, I don't pay attention to Call of Duty, sorry, but I'm pretty sure it's not here yet. And Diablo 4, which in theory... It's been doing great. It's kind of fallen off recently just because of some of the decisions, but those are getting backtracked, and you got a brand new season with the vampire stuff coming up. So, yeah, naturally you'll probably hold on those. But all the old old stuff, Overwatch is iffy. I would think they should just because you're going to want to get players in there. It's been – everybody knows it's kind of a dwindling uh, title. And then the other big discussion was World of Warcraft, Matt. Do you bring that to Game Pass? Do you give like a discount to people who want to get in? Or do you give them like a three-month free kind of deal to it to get them interested in World of Warcraft? You There's no way because it's 15 bucks a month for that title. There's no way you just bring it to Game Pass and it's like there with Game Pass. But there sh- I would think there should be some sort of discount and or trial version or something going on there for Game Pass members. 
And I think if they had more items like World of Warcraft, you could do like Game Pass Ultimate plus MMO. Let's say if Game Pass Ultimate is $24.99 a month, I'm not sure exactly what mm-hmm. it is, then this would be like $31. So you'd get half the price of a WoW subscription bolted onto your Game Pass subscription, and you could play that and all the other and stuff. And all the other stuff, yeah. Like you said, I don't think it makes sense to just push it in because then the people who would just pay for World of Warcraft are now in here and they get more when you could upcharge it at least a little bit. Or, you know, like I said, a Mm -hmm. bolt-on for people like me. Sure, I'd go up for a couple months and try it out. Or for people who normally play World of Warcraft, oh, it's, you know, only 20-something. A few extra bucks and I'm getting all those games now. Yeah, now I add all this other stuff onto me. I think it makes sense. And like you said with the other Activision stuff, it just makes sense to just turn the fire hose on. Bring it all in, because especially older games, the old Modern Warfare 2 came back on Xbox 360 via Game Pass, and everybody was like up in arms playing it all over again. That's going to bring a ton of people to Game Pass. The The main new stuff, everybody's going to buy that and play that regardless. So it just makes sense to get the big money in your pocket. And then eventually... The next year, when the next one comes out for full retail price, move the old one to Game Pass because everyone's going to move to the next one anyway. It just makes sense. And I was thinking about it because we mentioned you mentioned Bethesda. And I was thinking, man, it's so weird that Starfield just went to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. But as much as Skyrim and Elder Scrolls and stuff are big games, they're a more niche compared to just a yeah, shooter. Because even you... You like playing shooters, so everybody can enjoy a Call of Duty, so everybody can want to buy a Call of Duty, versus not everybody's going to like a Skyrim, a Starfield, a, a, an Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to put it here, versus this, I'm sure, you know, they've got a, what are they called, an actuarial person in the back going, well, this, 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 this. This number, this, number, this person, this, uh, who's going to come here? You know what we're saying, happen. folks, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I feel that's exactly what is happening. There's going to be a lot of numbers crunch to see what's going to make the most sense to draw on folks to Game Pass or just take the cash money off the game, you know, as its as its own entity. Now, the only sticky part of this all, and, and you're 100% right, that Call of Duty isn't in the same group as any of these other games. It, it sells bajillions. It's the whole reason there was this huge lawsuit and all the fighting and everything else. But I still think it is a bum deal, though, for the other developers that are owned by Microsoft that now they have to do what they're told, which they signed up for, but then they have another individual who is also bought and sold, but they get different rules. You know, They don't have to put all their games on the Game Pass. They get to make that extra scratch on the side, whilst these other developers are like, oh, okay, but this could have probably made the- oh, here you- oh, here you go. It's fed to the Game Pass machine. We already said it. If you're going to make Dishonored 3, it's not going to make even a quarter of the scratch that Call of Duty does hand over fist every single year. year It has to be treated differently. It has to be treated differently. You could even do it like, here's the Game Pass version, but upgrade to the full version for only 35 bucks. Mm-hmm. So you could, they could even start doing stuff like that. Which they've done that in the past. So Yeah, and they could do all kinds of experimental stuff. Now that it's in-house, you could be like, all right, you can play multiplayer, boom, straight up. 20 bucks gets you zombies and single player or whatever, or the reverse. You can play yeah. single player and zombies, but if you want full on multiplayer, if you then want you the, gotta pay the, the upgrade the, 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 price, then here's a chunk. There's a chunk. Here's a what? Yeah. And I figure that'll end up being something in the way, you know, in a shape form of that, it will happen. But uh, for now you don't get to play it. Now a big shoe in easy, like on the blizzard side is you get the Diablo two remake. So you start wetting everybody's appetite. You know, you bring that immediately to game pass. 
boom, hey, you want Diablo? We got some Diablo for you. Yeah, it's not Diablo 4, but hey, Diablo 2 Remake, that's fresh. That ain't that ain't very old, and it's still hot, and, and you know, got, has a lot of people that enjoy it because that's a classic title that everybody loved and adored. Boom, you're in board. You're already playing that. Then look forward to our announcement for how we will roll Diablo 4 out to everybody in the future. And you mentioned it, too. It makes no sense to not have Overwatch 2 on Game Pass because yeah. Overwatch 2 is free to play anyway. Mm-hmm. So if it's all in-house and if you're going to start playing it on an Xbox or in the Microsoft family, then all your little microtransactions and your battle passes, it's still all going to come to the pocket, but it's going to be right there, like right in the pocket. You don't even have to reach in your pocket for it because it's already in there. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's readily available, handy to play and do, and Heroes of the Storm is another one. Do the same thing. That's another, you know, Blizzard title there. There's a lot of games I feel like we're going to see very soon, and there will be a lot of fun to be had on Game Pass with the Activision Blizzard deal. And I'm sure there's a ton of titles on the Activision side I'm just not even thinking about because they've made a bajillion games at this point, and you'll see a bunch of those too. But it remains to be seen what will happen with the newest titles. But, of course, it won't be long before I'm sure they come out with some big announcement and make a big spectacle of it, and we all go, woohoo, yeah! And speaking of a big spectacle, but it wasn't a big spectacle. And what should have been a big announcement, but wasn't really a big announcement because I didn't hear about it until after the fact, but it did make people go, woo. We got some Gearbox news in here for you, folks. And this was last week. It was like the 5th through the 7th last weekend. Surprise! Gearbox got a hold of a bunch of former players of a game called Gigantic and said, guess what? Suckers, your game, which died out in like 2018, I believe. It was a multiplayer-only hero shooter type of thing, 5v5 competitive. Hmm, sounds familiar. We'll get into that in a little bit. But they said, surprise, it's coming back. Invite only, like server test, play test, beta test. However, they had a special version of the game. It wasn't everything, but they said, you know, it's got some of your favorite features and some that were never in the game to begin with. And it's coming back. And I just went on Twitter and just read through the hashtag GoGigantic because that was the original hashtag. And people were just losing their minds, seeing their favorite characters, playing their favorite game from six, seven years ago, and just having a blast again. And where did this come from? How did this happen? I even went on Gearbox Official. There was not a word about it, not a peep about it. I went back through October, through everything into September. I never saw any announcement of this. But Gearbox Publishing revived this game, maybe just for a weekend, maybe as a test for something else later. I don't know. But if you were a fan of this game, this had to be mind-blowing, just like it would be for Battleborn fans. If Battleborn was like, hey, surprise for Battleborn Day, you got a weekend of it again. Maybe not all the modes, maybe not all the stages, but boom, here's your favorite game again. And it makes me wonder what's next did this mean anything did it not was it just they got a hold of the license somehow and they went let's just do something fun for people because gearbox is a wacky fun company i don't know but it's for a man who just talked about dead games a few weeks or months ago on this podcast here's one that came back to life for a weekend it's crazy it was absolutely bananas i was camping when i read and saw this whole article and i went well, no doubt. What? Where's Where's Battleborn? And and of course, I saw it in all my little tweets that I see because you know I follow a lot of folks, you know, Gearbox wise, Battleborn wise, because that's where it originated. And everybody's coming out of the woodwork. Same thing, same thing. And I'm like, so why did they pick Gigantics and not Battleborn? And it's like you said, is there a story behind this? Is there a particular reason in this title? This This game was This game was picked. 
and not your own dead game that you have that was adored by a niche group of individuals? I don't know, but it it holds me it made me optimistic and I don't like that because this we don't have any proof this means anything whatsoever. You know, nothing. But now I'm like, well, if they did that, does that now are we going to get Battleborn for a weekend? Wow, that'd be so great. Well, I'm 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 super excited and I can't wait to hear about it. Was this a teaser test to see if people still had the love for those games that they used to have so that, oh, if they came in flocks for Gigantic, which maybe didn't do as good a numbers as Battleborn even did, maybe that means they're going to come back in, in full force for a Battleborn, or maybe it was bad news? Like, I heard all the good stuff. Maybe not a lot of people came back. Maybe their actuarials went, mm, I don't know. This is me typing on a calculator. <laughs> Who knows? It's just... It's so weird. It could be one of a million things. I was watching footage of Gigantic, you know, watching people talk about it, and it looks so much like Battleborn. Like, are they going to cross the streams? Are we going to get Battleborn characters and Gigantic characters all together? Like, the gameplay is pretty similar. It's it's wild. It's crazy. And I hope that it means something really cool and good, whether it's for Gigantic players, whether it's for Battleborn players, for fans of any dead game. Maybe they'll get a hold of Evolve and bring that back. Who knows? It's just a weird, wacky thing that happened. And that's just it. Honestly, who knows? Who knows what this was for, what they're aiming at, what they're going for. They haven't said a peep as far as I'm aware. And not to mention, you haven't heard us talk about Gearbox much at all recently because they're not talking about what they're doing. They do have that podcast going, but that's just talking about stuff they've done in the past and, and you know, how it was made and how this, you know, a little behind the scenes of previous titles and, and whatnot. But nothing about what they're doing and what's happening right now. And the only other things we could talk about are, you know, they released the Pandora's Box edition for current-gen consoles. I think Borderlands 3 Ultimate Edition just dropped for Switch. So it's been re-releases of things they've done, or, you know, collections or editions of things since the game that I'm not going to mention. But what are they doing? Is Project 1v1 coming back? Who knows? What's going on? What what was the deal with that? And what's that got to do with this? Maybe they're changing it into like a MOBA type, you know, first person shooter. Who knows? We don't know. And and Randy, I'll I'll give him this too. You know, a long time ago, he was frustrated because they were giving out all the tidbits and all the information and everybody was getting all these different expectations and everything was getting out of hand. And he said back then, he said, I'm not gonna do this no more. They've stuck to it. They don't they don't talk about what they're up to anymore, so that's bad news for us when we wanted to talk about Gearbox, but I got to give them props for being like, you know what? Nope, we're going to buckle down and keep the cheese inside this house, and you won't see it or hear about it until we're literally putting it out. I mean, I'll, I will agree with that. You got to give him credit for sticking to his guns on it, but especially with something like this, like even on your official Gearbox channel, you didn't channel on Twitter, you know what I'm saying. That official account didn't say anything about this, not even that it was coming. As far as I know, because like I said, I just looked and didn't see anything. So how, what does it mean? How, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, what, what are they thinking? What are they doing? I don't know. If if there's something we missed, folks out there, please let us know because I don't know which way to take any of this or what what's going on or why they did it. I'm clueless. I mean, it's awesome and it builds up my hopes that we might see like our adored Battleborn come back for a weekend. But I don't know what the logic is behind it or, or what the method to the madness is. So, And even the news articles I read about it, it didn't say, oh, yeah, they got a hold of us to say they were going to release it. It was like people just started getting invitations to it. 
Not even like they're a press announcement, nothing. Just surprise, random human in your email. Come on back. Like you said, like we've said a million times, who knows? But I hope that it's something good. But I don't want to have hope and then have it fall through and not have meant anything. But I do want to play Battleborn again. Would be great. We'll cross our fingers. We'll passively look at it in an optimistic fashion. And then uh, slowly let it be forgotten unless it turns into something. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do with that. But there you go, folks. <laughs> you can get as excited or not excited as you want. But something cool happened with the Gearbox world. Out of the blue. Neat. Good on you. I don't know what it means. We'll see in the future. Well, speaking about seeing what will be happening in the future, you can do that. You can let us know what you want to see in the future. You can get a hold of us for any kind of thing. Were you in Gigantic? Did you play it? Did you play it originally? Did you get into this technical test, weird play test, whatever the heck they even called it? Let us know that via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com. On the Twitter machine, at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under thirdshift. Hit up the Discord, the Patreon. Hit up my house. Just knock on the door. It's fine. You can't, like, push in my air conditioner and crawl in the window because it's cold now, so that's out and the window's locked. So if you were doing that before, I'm sorry you can't do it anymore. You got to wait till spring or summer. Yep, that's just the way it goes, folks. You missed your opportunity, but now you can go ding-dong on the old doorbell and get Matt's attention the proper chopper way. And, of course, while you're doing that, hey, get on that little phone of yours while you're waiting for him to do all of his little passively weird window inspections of you to see who you are and what's going on. Get on over to that Patreon and say, you know what, maybe this will make him a little happier. Maybe maybe he'll open this door for me while he's being paranoid and strange. Boop, 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 and throwing some bucks. Bam, keeps the lights on, keeps us rocking and rolling, paying the bills on the internet. We go, yay, the folks love us. It's so cool. We appreciate it so very much. But if you can't do that because you're just broke and you're actually going to beg Matt for a meal when you're there, well, you know what? You can do some other things. You can say, hey, but Matt, I see you shaking your head and you don't want to feed me some of that bland chicken and vegetables you got cooking over there. You don't see that. I got the blinds down. You didn't see me peek and then shake my head. You didn't see oh, that. No, hell you can't see me. This guy or gal's got telekinesis. All right. So they know. You say, hey, but, 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 look at this. I just sent you a mailbag question. Oh, man. And I just gave you a five-star rating on the iTunes and the Spotify. I did all those wonderful things. You should indeed open that door and invite me in. I'll take you out for some sushi if you do all that stuff. Woo, but man. I'll give you I'll give you some bland chicken and vegetables if you at least, if you at least... Listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Poppy, and on Spotify, and on YouTube on or around the 19th of October. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed, we do appreciate it so very much, just like we appreciate those five-star reviews, which I've already told you about. Get them in there. Get them. Get them. Get them. Christmas is coming, folks. I mean, gosh, I mean, Thanksgiving, Christmas. I've already told you all these other holidays, summer's ending. Come on, time's moving. We need them in here. So get on board, make it a Christmas present or a Thanksgiving type thing for us. Any who's, help us out. Help us help you, as I like to say. Come on, five stars. And until we get that five star review, there's nothing else to say but. Don't forget to say. Sit down. Breath of fire. I'm editing that out. No, no, don't do that. Don't edit that part out.